Lord, what an honor, what a privilege it is to come into this house and gather in your name to worship you, God. We thank you, God, for all that you are. Thank you for being such a good, good father. Thank you, God, for every person that you have brought into this place. Thank you for everyone who is watching online. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you, God. You are the creator of all things. And we thank you that you are concerned about everything concerning us. And Lord, yes, we are celebrating and honoring mothers today. But there may be some in this room, someone in this room, who does not have a great relationship with their mother. Their mother and them don't speak at all and haven't seen each other for a long time. But God, you are a restorer. And I ask, Lord, that you will restore the broken relationships for your glory's sake. God, right now, I ask that your Holy Spirit rise up in me. I give to you all of my nervousness, and I lay it at your feet and leave it there. Thank you, God. Be with us this day. Use me as your vessel to speak to your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. So you may have your seats. I'm going to ask that um, you will get yourself ready on your phones, on your, in your Bibles, and turn to 1 Samuel, the first chapter. 1 Samuel, the first chapter. It's kind of in the beginning part of the Old Testament. And while you're doing that, I just want to honor again our presiding bishop emeritus, Lady May. I want to honor my mom and my sister who are here to support me. I want to honor Bishop Omer and Lady Omer for coming today. I want to thank Trilogy. They know I have been crashing some of their rehearsals because I love being in a place where the name of the Lord is being lifted up and to be sitting in that room with them as the Spirit of the Lord used their gifts. And thank you so much for being here today. Thank you to Dr. Judy, Janine McCoy. Thanks to all of you. I don't know all of your names. I know Darius, I know Keisha, I know Marquita. I'm going to learn all their names because I love them so much. But um, I just wanted to also finally thank the one who is my rock, the one who stands by my side, continuing to lift me up, telling me, you can do it. He is my husband. He is the pastor of this house, Pastor Charles Blake II. I want to thank 
are little guys. Well, they're not little anymore. One of them's taller than me, and the other one's getting there. But thank you, Charles and Julian, for your support, for your love for mommy. I love you so much. And finally, I would like to thank all of you, my West Angeles family. I have received so many calls, texts, letters, cards, encouraging me for this day, for this moment. And I want you to know that I appreciate all of them. And I want to make sure that you get your picture taken. So make sure you go out to the concourse. There are different camera people out there ready to take your picture. So you'll have it for as a reminder for Mother's Day. So has everyone found 1 Samuel, the first chapter? I hope so. <laughs> And we're going to be, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Verse 1, there was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zeph, in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zeph of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priest of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peninnah and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only a choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Peninnah would taunt Hannah as they went into the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than ten sons? Once, after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O oh Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give back him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. I would like to speak to you today from this thought, give it back. I think 
most of us in this room, and as I look around, I see entrepreneurs and business owners, doctors. I see people who work in hospitals, people who sing, musicians. I see everyday people. I see all of you. And most of us have really wanted something that felt like it was just outside of our grasp. Hannah wanted a son with her husband, Elkanah, but she was barren. The scripture says that the Lord had closed her womb. Now, Elkanah had another wife. Don't get any ideas, fellas. Peninnah would often provoke Hannah. And back then, the ability to have a child spoke to a woman's worth. A woman who had no children was said to be useless and cursed by God. And Peninnah took every opportunity she had to remind Hannah of this. Hannah loved her husband, and he loved her. She was brokenhearted that she could not have children. I'm sure that throughout their marriage, Hannah and her husband would try for a baby. Imagine how many times Hannah might have thought she was pregnant only to find out that she wasn't. How many times she hoped that perhaps this time, how many miscarriages she had. I know some of us know what that feels like. I know what that feels like. So the scripture says that Hannah and her husband were faithful churchgoers. They would go to their temple every year to make sacrifices to God. And each time when Panana would taunt Hannah, she would be so broken, she would just cry. And so the scripture also says that she wouldn't even eat her food. But one day... After dinner, Hannah decided to do something different. She went to pray. She did something, and she prayed something that would forever change her life. She cried out to God, and she vowed, if you will give me a son, I promise to give him back to you. Yes. The scripture says that Hannah prayed so hard that it looked like words were coming out of her mouth, but there was no sound coming out. And Eli, the priest that was sitting at the doorway, thought she was drunk. So he went over to her and said, woman, how long will this go on? Get yourself together. Why are you drunk? And so Hannah said, I'm so sorry, sir. I'm not drunk. I'm just brokenhearted. 
because God has not given me a child. So realizing that he had made a mistake, Eli said to her, go in peace, my child. May the Lord grant you the desires of your heart. And I think this is a reminder for us that when we see people in service crying out to God and we want to just stop them and hush them, you don't know what someone is going through. I know we see each other in church and we look real good, but we have mastered the art of putting on the mask. You don't know what is going on behind the facade. Oh, we look real good on the outside, but on the inside, we might be a big old mess. So when you're going through a tough time and the situation doesn't seem to be getting any better, or when you're praying for something, for so long, and it doesn't seem like your prayer is ever going to be answered. You start to wonder if God even hears your prayers or if you've done something wrong. But this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask God anything according to his will, he does hear us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, whatever our petition, whatever our desire, he shall give it to us. But God doesn't always answer how and when we want him to. His thoughts are not like our thoughts, neither are our ways his ways. Just because your condition or your circumstance lasts a long time doesn't mean that it's going to last forever. Nor does it mean that you have done anything wrong. It's like the man who was blind from birth. When Jesus and his disciples passed by, one of the disciples asked, what sin has this man or his parents committed that he would be born blind? And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents have sinned, but that the works, the power, the glory of God can be revealed in him. Hannah had been dreaming to have a baby for years. She may have imagined what her baby would look like, what it would sound like, what its personality would be like. Hannah may have been waiting on God, but God was waiting for Hannah to trust him, to trust his timing, to bring it to pass. My grandmother used to say this, God may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. I want to say that again to those of you who may not have heard me say that. God may not come when you want him to, 
but he is always right on time. The scripture says that Hannah prayed and asked God for the desire of her heart. And after she did that, she picked herself up, walked right back to that table, and started to eat. When she and Elkanah returned home, a miracle happened. Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. You may know his name. His name was Samuel. And Samuel means because I asked the Lord for him. Imagine how happy Hannah must have been to hold her newborn baby in her arms for the first time. The bond that she felt as she nursed him, the joy that she felt hearing his voice. Imagine her delight with every opportunity to change his little loincloth. How she would get up during the night and check on him if she heard any sound or if he started to cry or telling Elkanah to get up and do it sometimes. <laughs> Hannah's love for little Samuel grew more and more each day. When you think about it, the promise that she made to God to give him back may have not been coming so easy. Hannah may have started having second thoughts about honoring the vow that she had made to God. She may have begun to wonder, well, who would care for little Samuel in the temple? Who would feed him or hold him if he started to cry? Would God really want her to give back this baby that she had prayed so long to have? How could she abandon her little baby boy that she loved so much? Imagine how hard it was for a mother to do that. Imagine Hannah's frustration and the separation anxiety that she felt when it was time to take little Samuel to the temple to live there for the rest of his life. Can you imagine that? This little baby boy taken to the temple to live there for the rest of his life. But it's just like that with us sometimes, isn't it? We pray to God for something. God will bless us with it. And then we have trouble giving it back to God. You know how we'll do. Lord, if you bless me with this car, I promise I'll be at church every Sunday. Then God blesses you with that car. And you're so busy out there gallivanting through the town, we don't even see you at church. Lord, bless me with this job. I'll tithe every paycheck. I remember this story that Bishop used to tell about a man who went to his pastor. He asked if his pastor could pray for him and agree with him that God would bless him to be able to make more money. 
in the prayer, he promised that he would continue to tithe and support the work of the Lord if God would bless him. Well, God answered his prayer, and he started making more money. But when he realized how much money he had to tithe, tithe on $100 is quite different than a tithe on $100,000. So he went back to his pastor, and he said, Pastor, I need to pray about what to do. The pastor prayed, Lord, when your son was not making much money, he faithfully sought your face and promised that if you would bless him financially, he would continue to tithe and support your work. Now you have blessed him, Lord. And he feels like it would be too much for him to give to support your work, Lord. So, Lord, now we ask that you would return him to the amount of money he was making before so he will continue to seek your face. And the man jumped up and said, hey, hey, wait a minute. Sometimes it's not so easy to keep the promises we make to God, that we will give back to him what he gives to us. I think sometimes we get selective amnesia. So we need to remind ourselves, I want to say it out loud. I want you to help me say it out loud, that we need to give it back. I want to hear you say that. So I want, when I count to three, I want to hear you say, give it back. One, two, three. Give it back. Yes. One more time, a little louder. Give it back. Yes. Hannah was faithful to her promise. She gave back to God what he had given to her. And as soon as Samuel was weaned, She took him to the temple and gave him to be raised and consecrated as a priest of God. As an expression of her love, she would each year make a little small coat for Samuel and take it to him when her and her husband went to make their sacrifice. Samuel grew in stature and in favor with God and the people. And Samuel, that little baby, she took to the temple. She, he grew up and he became the high priest of Israel. God had blessed Hannah and Samuel beyond their imagination. It was Samuel who anointed both King David and King Saul as king of Israel. He led God's people and he lived a life of victory. When you love God and you commit the desire of your heart to him, he will bless you in ways you can't even imagine. I'm gonna say that one more time. When you love God 
and you commit to him the desires of your heart, he will bless you in ways that you can never imagine. Sometimes we're going to go through, we're going to go through long, uncomfortable seasons. And those seasons can be illness, depression, loneliness, lack, and even like Hannah, barrenness. When you pray and you ask God to answer your prayer and he doesn't answer immediately, know that he has not forgotten about you. He knows what you need before you even ask him. He knows exactly how and when to bring your desires to pass. Your problem is not too hard for God. He is all-powerful. He is the creator of everything. And if, you, if what you pray for tarries, wait for it. God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he will do it. The promises of God are yes and amen. That means if God said it, that settles it. So instead of worrying about how long it's taking for God to answer your prayer, start thanking God that your blessing is on the way. Say, thank you, God. Thank you that you are working all things out for my good. Thank you that my eyes have not seen nor my ears heard, nor has it even entered into my heart the things you have prepared for me. Thank you, God, that the good work that you have begun in me, you will complete it when you give back to God from what he has given to you. You can expect a press down, shaken together, running over kind of blessing. There may be times that you will have to remind yourself, give it back. Let's say it together again. One more time in the balcony. Yes. Yes. I want to make sure that we take that into our hearts, that sometimes we have to give back to God what he has given to us so that he can bless it abundantly. I think you got it. You said it. Believe it and receive it. I thank you so much for allowing me to share what God had given me for you today. And I'm going to ask that you all please stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. All of us are asking God for something. We're believing God for something. And sometimes it does feel like it's taking a long time. But do you know that God loves you? He loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus so that in him you could live an abundant life, a life filled with his blessing. If we delight ourselves in God and we commit our ways to him, he will bring to pass 
all of those desires in your heart. If someone here has something that you've been praying to God for, and you want to do what I did when I came up here and just lay it at the feet of the Lord, I invite you to come to the altar and lay your request before the Lord so that he can bless it and that we can believe with you that he will bring it to pass. He is a God who can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can ask or even imagine. If you're someone who's here and you have never given your life to Jesus, you have not started to walk with him, I ask you and invite you to come forward. You may have come here today with mom because you're like, all right, mom, I'll go to church. And you didn't expect that God would arrest your heart. If you would like to come forward and give your heart to Jesus, you can begin again. No matter what you may have done in your life, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. He has great things in store for you, and he just wants you to believe. So I invite you to come forward while the, the group trilogy and all of our friends sing. I invite you to continue to come. We'll wait for you. I'm going to ask Pastor Charles to come and stand with me today. Please come forward if you want to pray together for that thing that God has placed or, you, or God has placed on your heart and you're believing God for. Come forward and we're going to pray that God will answer your prayer. Come forward if you would desire to begin a relationship with Jesus. We'll wait for you.